You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... <sighs> Who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. into this but i don't want to step on your feet if this is maybe moving the chains but the way that it was like sold was confusing to me the tickets were um you know because the whole thing was oh rafael nadal he's coming to dc Mm -hmm. and all this and yeah i felt like oh gosh we all have to get tickets but just like the way it was sold was like you didn't get tickets for individual matches it was more like well that's how it works just days you get a a session so a day is a session that's just what it is in tennis terms so mm. what you do is you buy a select seat at the main stadium, but with that ticket, you also have access to all the other stadiums and all the other grounds. And mm. those are just first come first serve seating. Um, so you can go watch the main matches at the main court. You'll always have a ticket to that, or you can be like, all right, this is boring. I'm going to go see, you know, something on court number five or whatever it may be. Sure. Um, so yeah, that that's generally how tennis works. And obviously bigger tournaments are, you know, you get certain there are more big courts like Wimbledon or the Australian Open. So you you're not mm. as flexible, but something small like this you can you can move around and go trek Rafa down. Sure. Which I did not yeah, I did not see him. Sense. I did not see him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, too bad. your quest to see him came up I short. Know. I know. Did you have fun though? Yeah it was good. It was really good. You got some burnt, but it was that's good. All that matters. Nice, dude. I'm glad. Well, yeah, sorry I'm a little bit late to the mic tonight. I was literally like five minutes ago wrangling a little gecko out of my basement. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, geckos are amazing. Okay, they're fantastic. I love geckos. I love little lizards. I love going down to Florida and just seeing them scurry around. They're so cute. Um, but, man, can those things just squirm around and, like, you're trying to help them out? And that's the thing with, like, bugs. Right? You're like... My wife, just when she sees a bug in the house, it just wants to RKO it. She just wants it dead. She wants it in the ground. She wants it burned. Like, she she wants it dead. Uh, and I just, I, I like to pick it up and put it back outside. Now, am I St. Francis? No. No, I'm not. But let's be clear with ourselves. Like, I, I understand the predicament that bugs are in. Like, there's under no circumstance does the lizard want to be in my house. It just doesn't. There's just, there's nothing fun in here. There's no other bugs in here. It's It's clean. He probably likes to slide around outside in the grass. So he's scared. I'm uncomfortable. I try to amicably put him outside to where he's just, this is not a problem anymore. Now, my wife likes geckos, so I'm sure she wouldn't have punted this guy if she saw him. But, man, this guy can just rain. And this is the thing with bugs. You just, you're like, dude, I want you to cooperate. Because, mm-hmm. and this is what I, I think to myself all, all the time. Like, I'll see 
a little spider in the house. Now, most people hate spiders. My wife, mm-hmm. terrified of spiders. I see it. Anna wants it murdered. And I'll usually just go, hey, listen, let me take care of this. She'll be like, go, please get rid of it. Kill it. Do something with it. And I'm like, look, let me go over there. Let me have a little conversation with this guy. Let me try to get him outside. Let's see if I can work something out. And he's just like wrangling to try to get away. And I'm like, dude, if I could just get you to understand that my wife wants you dead. I want you to live. I'd like to put you on a flower outside and you're just not working with me. So <laughs> this gecko, not working with me. Just doing his you know, doing his best Michael Jackson thriller to get away from me. And I'm like, dude, all I'm trying to do is help you. So I finally get him in my hand and I'm walking out the door and he seems to kind of settle down a little bit. And, you know, I'm six foot seven. So there's a long distance between me and the ground. This guy's maybe three inches in length, tiny little dude. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking outside and I got him in my hands and he just decides cliff jumping time and just Uh. jumps off my hand. It's just a nice solid six foot seven inch drop. You know, lands on his back and then just scurries away. And I'm like, you know what? Could have been easier. You decided not to do that. Not my problem. Just officially <laughs> not my problem. So do apologize for being late to the mic tonight. But we oh, are here nonetheless. After further review returns from our, did you say brief hiatus, Shawnee? It's like yeah, a brief a little break. A couple weeks, yeah. Yeah. And the good thing is nothing uh, Nothing happened in the NFL for us to catch up on. Um, yeah, as you no, can see, nothing at Giants training camp for sure. Nothing yeah. at the Panthers training camp. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> didn't do anything. Yeah. 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 So that's that's good. Deshaun Watson, there's no news there. You know, no injuries to report. Just a bunch of nothing going on. So I'm excited to jump into that. Um, but welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always, wherever you are. If you are just joining us, welcome aboard. After further review, I'm your host, Connor Forrest, joined, as always, by my executive producer, Mr. Shawnee Olet. Shawnee boy, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. Wonderful, dude, wonderful. So, a lot of things to to catch up on. Um, as I sarcastically uh, mentioned, um, I don't know, what, 17 seconds ago? So, uh, really excited to jump into that a little later on in the episode. Sean is joining us tonight. We have a little bit of a different uh, schedule going on tonight. Sean is going to join us for Moving the Chains. We're going to take a, a quick um, pit stop, uh, and then I will carry the torch for the rest of the way. We'll get into all the NFL stuff, but Sean, he's got a couple things he's got to get done tonight. So, uh, he was kind enough to join us for Moving the Chains, um, and I know Sean, as a sneak peek now, he'll break down a little bit of our schedule going forward as the NFL season starts to ramp up. Um, Sean will give you some more of that information coming up uh, as well. So a lot of cool things as our podcast continues to grow. First of all, I want to thank every single one of you um, listening, subscribing, leaving reviews. Um, means the world. You all are the best part of the show. I've said it so many times. I'm always saying on Facebook, like really and truly interacting with you guys and doing the mailbag episodes and things like that. It's just been the best part of the show. Um, we're so, so grateful for you all. So what we have decided to do is couple things so we are moving to anchor fm as our uh, podcast uh, outlet um and a couple things um nothing is changing on your guys's end um nothing's changing you're you're gonna get your episodes you're gonna get them whatever platform you've been getting them on you're still gonna get them Uh, but anchor is uh teaming us up um and they are allowing us to start rolling in some sponsorships in the coming weeks um we've also Um, We're really excited to announce that we have opened up the ability for listeners to support the podcast. So, again, it's free. It'll always be free. You know, we're not going to charge you for our basic episodes. You know, down the road, God willing, we grow. Um, We'll try to give you more bonus content. But our basic episodes, um, they're not going to change. They're they're free. Um, Our our job is just 
to have fun and for you guys to get the information um, off season for the draft for the regular season for the playoffs um, we're here for you guys and that's that's been the whole point of this if you are interested in supporting us uh, if you're interested in helping us out um, me and Sean don't make money on this yet uh, we you know, God willing we will but we don't right now uh, and a lot of the equipment a lot of the stuff that um, I've used to kind of fit out our basement into a studio um, Sean taking time out of his day um, you know when, when we're prepping and doing things um, you know we're not doing it for money right now we're doing it for the fun of it and God willing you know the money will come but God willing you know it grows and continues to grow that'll come down the line but right now we're not making anything we're just doing this for the fun of it but your ability to support us is now uh, on the table and that's a really great thing so what we've done is I put it out on Facebook I put it out on LinkedIn I put it out on a bunch of different I, I believe on Twitter and Instagram as well uh, the link to support us if this is something that you all would like to do. It can be 99 cents a month. It can be $5 a month. It can be $10 a month just to support us if that's something you guys are interested in. Now, again, this is not just massive sales pitch. This is not a demand. This is not if you do so, you're getting, you know, whatever. Um, but if you are interested and you feel like, hey, I'd love to help these guys out, continue to grow their podcast, that's an option. Uh, and as always, we're so grateful, whatever that is, whatever that amount is, if that's something you'd like to do. Um, but know that you're still going to get the content that we're we're pumping out, um, you're still going to get the best of us. And uh, we're just so grateful. And Anchor FM is, is helping make that possible. So um, if you're interested in that, again, I'll post the link on Facebook. Um, if you become a supporter, you're obviously going to get a shout out. Um, and kind of to what Tate Ryan was talking about a couple weeks ago um, in our first mailbag episode, uh, we're definitely going to try to get some merchandise in here. Um, because what I want to do is if we can start piling up some supporters, I want to start sending them out some stuff, Shawnee. I think that'd be great. Um, maybe yeah, it's a koozie, awesome. maybe it's a t-shirt, maybe, whatever it is. Um, I want to get some stuff out to them. Um, because again, I mean, Shawnee, it's incredible. And again, I'm not just trying to go off on a big rant, but like it's Germany, it's Spain, it's, you know, my family in Ireland, it's Argentina, it's, um, we, you know, Jamaica, I mean, Canada, you name it. I mean, we had three downloads in Japan, which is just like, this is crazy. So <laughs> it's remarkable. Like, it's really, really cool to see how the podcast is growing and how mm -hmm. many different audiences we're hitting. Um, and hopefully wherever you are in the world, you're enjoying it. And if it's something that, um, you guys enjoy again, refer, subscribe, leave a review, um, tell a friend, we appreciate it. And, and as always, we love you guys. So that support option is there. If you guys are interested, I'll put the links out. Um, but we're so, so excited about that, and we thank Anchor FM for their help um, in making that happen. So um, that is just some of the uh, supporter notes. But yeah, without further ado, I definitely want to jump into moving the chains um, so that I can get Shawnee into doing what he's got to do. He's got a whole bunch of things going on, so he's juggling a bunch of machetes, so we got to make sure he doesn't drop one on his foot. Um, I already have. Already has, so we'll try to <laughs> not drop it on both feet. So we're going to run right into moving the chains. That sound good? Sounds great. Awesome, man. Okay, cool. So, moving the chains, uh, if you guys are not familiar, if you're first-time listeners, it's our four downs that have nothing to do with football. Sometimes it has to do with football, but more times than not, it's just four random stories in our lives, um, stuff we want to talk about non-sports related, just so you guys can kind of get to know us. We can just kind of banter back and forth a little bit. So, I got first and third down. Shawnee's got second and fourth down, and we're going to get this train moving. So, my first down story, Shawnee, was something I tripped on today that I just was like... I don't know, man. So this is um, courtesy of UPI.com. 450,000 bees were removed from inside the walls of a Pennsylvania home. Oh. That's the title, right? Hey, you just read this story. This is, this is wild. Wait, um, what's UPI? 
Is that like uh, a newspaper up in Pennsylvania? No, UPI is, I believe, I want to say it's uh, UPI.com. I think it's United, uh, what is it? Let's see what it says here. Yeah, United Press International. So it's just oh, some okay. news so it's like a It's like a online press yeah, yeah, yeah. media yeah. news thing. Okay. Yeah, so... This is as of today via UPI.com. A couple who recently purchased a Pennsylvania farmhouse said they had to pay $12,000 to have 450,000 bees removed from inside the walls. Mm. Sarah Weaver said she and her husband bought the 1872 farmhouse in Skipack without conducting an inspection because they Big had been mistake. searching for a home in the area and wanted to move quickly when they saw the house on the market. Weaver said they bought the house in the winter, so the bees weren't active at the time. Quote, on the seller's disclosure, it said, bees in wall. And that was it. And I think because, one, we didn't see them, and two, we were just so floored that we actually found land in the school district, and it was within our price range. I didn't really ask any questions about the bees. And this is when she had a conversation. CNN also had a story, and she was talking with CNN about this. I didn't think it would be that big of an issue. It didn't even cross my mind, but when spring arrived, uh, that's when we started to see them. (laughs) The Weavers hired Alan Latanzi, a general contractor and professional beekeeper, to get rid of the insects in the wall. But, Sean, if this happened in my house, bulldozer. Bulldozer, <laughs> dynamite, fire. Really? Wait, you'll touch a spider but not a, a bee? Yeah, I'll touch a bee. You, you 450,000 bees? No, okay. You wouldn't hire someone to touch a bee or to do whatever. My, my dad, he's a beekeeper. He We have... I, I don't know the exact number. It's around 30 beehives. And I'm not sure how many there are per hive. Um, I think it varies depending on the hive. But it, it's a 400-something thousands, probably about eight hives worth, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little more. That's a lot of bees. That's that's a lot of honey. It's a man. lot of bees. Now, let me ask you, Shawnee. Is your dad's, are there colonies of bees that he has, are they in your house? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, no. Okay, good. Bulldoze <laughs> this house, dude. Knock it down. I don't care about the history. I don't care if it's in a place you like. Please eradicate this house. I love honeybees, okay? I, 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 I've I, said to you, Sean, a couple times, wasps and hornets are my Achilles hill. I said Achilles hill. I'm sure there's a hill somewhere with Achilles on it. That's not what I'm talking about. My Achilles heel are those hornets and wasps. That's just... It's what it is. They terrify me. I don't know what it is. Wasps I've gotten a little bit better at, but hornets just I see them and I want to die. There's just no two ways around this. Mm-hmm. Honeybees I'm not too worried about. I mean, there's plenty of times I do the sugar water bit when I see a honeybee that's weak and, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, Steve Irwin rescuing the honeybee. It's, it's really great. I feel great about myself. But let me tell you, man, if I'm in if 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 all of a sudden my landlord said, "Hey, man, 450,000 bees are in the wall right now." I would take Doug I would take wife, <laughs> I would take my Xbox, and I would take a, the Oreos in the pantry and then leave. That's it. Yeah. I'd say, dude. But burn. here's the thing. How does it – bees are very, very loud, especially in the summer because what a lot of people don't know is that they – the reason why a beehive is loud isn't because that's just like the noise bees make. They That's how they air condition them, themselves True. is they flap their wings – so if I mean, what, what did the lady say? She said in spring they started to notice it. So yep. that means it was there in the winter. They're just they don't need to be air conditioned. They don't need to be cool because it's already cold outside. So by the time it starts to get warmer weather, like spring and summer, that's when they start moving the wings. And that's when you're like, 
wait a minute, that's that's wait a second. The washer's not running. Yeah, the dryer's not running. And there is a sound of a train running through mm-hmm. the wall. What's going but one, on? I I know your family has a lot of uh, property. Have you guys ever had beehives? No, we've never. No, we've okay. never kept because beehives are. If I'm, I mean, I have so many friends who do it, but I, I feel like they're a little bit high maintenance. The, yeah, they are. It depends on sometimes the bees are really good and you don't have to do much, but sometimes they just won't eat on their own and you have to feed them. Yeah. Um, it just, <laughs> it just on depends that. on the hive. Yeah. Uh, but they're loud. I mean, it's just mm. one hive from a distance. You would hear it. So they must have got in right at like the coldest part of winter, moved into the house. And then by the time spring came around, uh, they, they had some issues. So apparently uh, the contractor who, um, so the beekeeper said he removed an estimated four, so 450,000 bees. So it says comprising three colonies uh, from the walls of the home. He said the bees appear to have been living inside the house for about 35 years. Oh. Dynamite. Immediately. Blow it up. Get rid of it. (laughs) Just, uh, and by the way, look, get the beekeeper, take care of the bees, do their thing, do the little pollination bit. I like honey. I like honey nut Cheerios. You know, that's good stuff. Uh, honey walnut shrimp is wonderful. I love that. I want that to continue happening at Panda Express. But the house, just eradicated forever. So All right, that's here, my first I got, I, this is This is a question that came into my head because you said it was an old farmhouse. Would you rather have that or have it be haunted? <laughs> Again, I think both of those trails lead to the exact same train station, and that's blow it up. Real, oh, there, there's a haunted house, in my opinion, is way worse than a couple bees in the wall. Yeah, sure, but again, still, it's this. I'm having the same reaction. If somebody came and said 450,000 bees, or hey, man, there's some weird sounds coming out of this house, I think it might be haunted. <laughs> yeah. Dude, do me a favor for sale sign, and not for sale sign, for demolition. Blow it up. Get yeah, rid of get it. Get the priest in there. You gotta get yeah. next Honestly, I would save my parish priest his time. I'd say, listen, you yeah. go ahead, you take care of business. I'm actually just going to eradicate this, and we're going to be good to go. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know what I, I, I'm never going to own an old house god willing because i don't i don't do hauntedness all right yeah uh, <laughs> yes yeah, is the guy who went down to saint augustine and spent your time at a haunted lighthouse but that was that was like a guided you didn't sleep there that was just a tour <laughs> like if true. i sleep if i'm in my bed and there's like some guy like standing over me that that's different than you know being in a lighthouse some guy like standing closed. over you well yeah like a like a silhouette i don't know never you know what never mind. don't <laughs> i <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've never, that I know of, had, like, a personal, like, ghost story. Uh, the St. Augustine one, but that wasn't really personal. That was that mm. happened to my girlfriend. But uh, I've never had, like, a personal one. I hear some stories, dude. I, I just, I couldn't live with myself if that stuff happened Forget to me. It. Forget it, yeah. man. Just the worst. All right, let's, let's go on to second down. <laughs> Sounds good. Wait, you're, you're a tennis player. You had a little experience uh, with tennis this weekend, didn't you? Uh, I wouldn't say actually a tennis player, but I, I do play tennis. And I got into tennis because my uh, job at Verizon, we cover a lot of the ATP matches and WTA. Um, so I kind of got into it then. And I just, I, I never really was into an individual sport where it's just like one person. I was always into team sports before. Um, so I kind of got interested in that and I found out DC had a tournament. So I went back in 2019 and it's really fun because there are different courts all around the the grounds and then there's a main court, but the players, they just walk around from, you know, court to court, whether they're practicing or have a match or whatever it may be. So, I mean, you, you see these players that, you know, the same ones that play 
Nadal and Federer and Djokovic and Murray and all these, you know, really big name players, they're exact same tour. And, you know, you can just ask them, like, can I get a picture? Can you sign this? It's, it's really cool. And it's a lot of fun. And it's very, you know, different from most sports where you're very removed from the players. And it's like you have to basically be in the right place at the right time uh, and get lucky, too, just to get an autograph or a picture. Here, it's like you turn your to your right and there's a player right there. Turn to your left. There's a player right there. Um, but it, no, it's a lot of fun. I think if, if you were able to get tickets, you'd enjoy it. It's just, it's really cool. Cause then if like one match is really boring on one court, you can just move to another court and, and watch something else. Like there yesterday, there was a really good match and it was two players I had never heard of. And, um, it went to a th uh, three sets. Um, it was just a really, really good match come from behind win and just, you know, at the end, at the end of the match, there were a lot of people there because the other courts weren't as interesting. So everybody kind of huddled over there and just watched that one. And it was really good. So highly recommend going to a tennis tournament, even if you're not the biggest tennis fan. That's great. And you, did you, you drove up for it, right? Yeah, I drove up. That was a lot. And I, I left DC at five 30 on a Monday and got on 95. Yikes. It was, yeah, it, I was, I, there was an accident. I sat in traffic from, I don't know where, but to Lorton. So it was, sure. it was only about a mile and a half, maybe two miles. It took an hour, maybe a little more, at mm. least an hour yep. to go two miles. It was awful. But from there, once, once you get past Fredericksburg, it's 95 is easy. Then you get on, you know, other roads that are just backcountry highways where you're going 70 and it's, you know, you and a couple truckers. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're flying. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Did you get anything good to eat while you were at the tournament? I did not. I was, uh, I wasn't that hungry. I just, I just got, had a bunch of water and Gatorade cause it was pretty hot out and I got sunburnt. Mm. So got to bring my sunscreen next time. <laughs> well, at least, uh, at least you're getting tanner, right? That's the idea. Exactly. It doesn't matter what means you, you get there. You, you got there. So that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you yeah, had fun. Good. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. So third down. Um, so Sean and I on Monday night were actually uh, – was it – no, it was Sunday night, right? Yeah, it was Sunday night. So Sunday night we went out to – you text me like, hey, I'm in the area for this this tennis tournament. I'm free tonight. Do you want to go get – you know, do you want to go get some drinks? So I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it, man. So – Went out to Bar Louie, down on One Loudon, great time, great spots. People in the Northern Virginia area, obviously, One Loudon is just, it's eight minutes up the road for me. Uh, it's just such a great spot, so quickly growing, but so many great, you know, restaurants and bars, and it's just so many cool things to do. Um, so Shawnee says, yeah, let's, let's go out. So I said, sweet, let's do it. So we met out, and um, we were having some drinks. It was a great time, and so... At the uh, at the bar, we were like, yeah, I was like, Sean, did you have dinner? And you were like, No, I'm not really that hungry, but I'm I'm, I'm like peckish, you know. I could have I could have something. So, you know, I was like, Yeah, same man. I mean, I had a massive lunch, but yeah, I could do a little something. So, we look at that bar menu, order some old fashions, and then we just look and we see these these uh, loaded tater tots on the menu. So we're like, yeah, Let's do it. Let's make this happen. So loaded tater tots are wonderful. Like you just, it's hard to find bad ones. So. We do. Order it. They were wonderful. Were they not, Sean? Oh, they were They were really good. They were wonderful. This led then Sean to look at me about 25 minutes in, and he goes, you want another? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to get another. It was a good amount. It was a good amount. It was. Of so this is not loaded tots on a plate. This is on like a, a like, this is a, this is a tray, right? This is a tray. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was like a skillet-style tray. But, I mean, it was loaded. There was a lot on there. <laughs> Sean looks at me and goes, we need to get another. So we order another. And, Sean, I don't know. If we I don't think we talked about it. I don't think I brought it up to you at all. But so we ordered the first one. Uh, bar Bartender says, hey, no worries. Let me get this rung up. So, you know, a couple minutes later, guy taps us on the shoulder from the kitchen. Says, hey, I got uh, loaded tater tots. So we said, absolutely, this is ours. Chow down. Sean goes, we say, hey, let's get another. So Sean gets a bar bartender and goes, hey, listen, can we get another one? She goes, hey, absolutely, no worries. Goes, rings it up. <laughs> like four minutes later, guy taps on her shoulder again. And he just has a look of confusion. He goes, do I have a, a another platter of tater tots? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. You remember that? And he was just like, yeah. he looked as if like, what? You guys ordered two of the same things? Like, I just kind of was like, yeah, laughing off. I was like, yep, yep. But, like, the look on his face was, like, legit. Like, why? And I remember not caring. And I remember to this second I don't care or regret it. Me and Sean promptly took it and ate the whole thing again. My question, I guess, to the listeners, and I guess I I can't ask you this, Sean, because you're clearly on the same page as me on this. Was it weird that we ordered two of the same exact appetizers twice in a row? No. No. I didn't like think if so. If you like something, you should order it twice. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, the funny thing is, is like people say, ah, oh, you know, switch it up, you know, do something different. But it was really delicious. And I wanted more of them. But this guy looked at us like, what? Like, you, you, why would you do this? I was uber confused. And it led me to think, like, is this weird that I do that I did that? And I'm trying to think if I had ever done that before. I think I have. I remember Top Golf doing that a couple times. So I've done that at Top Golf with the beer. They used to do this beer cheese queso. Yeah. And it was so they good. They don't do that anymore? They do the queso, but it's not the beer cheese. And beer cheese uh, is just different. The way they did it was so good. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing it, and I, I, I remember running that twice in a row. Just no concerns at all. Um I remember being at McDonald's and going just to the table. I say, hey, I'll just take, you know, you know, two McDoubles, whatever. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, I'll go, I need another two McDoubles. Like, <laughs> that happens, right? But it led me to think that because the guy's face was like, what is the matter with you two? Did you notice that? I think he was just making sure that we – well, no, I guess he was probably wondering what was the matter with us. Yeah, because there wasn't enough was people there for out. him to be like, hey, is this the right one? We were clearly yeah. the only one in our row. Yeah. Very strange. I don't know. I don't I don't think that's weird. I mean, if you think about it at a bar, is people get, like, the same drink. Like, they like Coors Light. They're going to get a Coors Light, Correct. and then they're going to get another one. Then, you know, whatever it may be. It's I don't true. think that's weird. I, I agree. Maybe, I'm going to put it up on the poll and see picky. if people think the same as us. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be good. That'll be interesting. I don't think it's weird. <laughs> I don't think it's weird. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's weird. <laughs> All right, you want to move into uh, fourth down before I got to go here? Let's do it, man. All right. So this one, uh, actually, when Connor and I were at the bar, we were chatting about the podcast and what we want to do for the NFL season. And I think what we came down to is we're going to do two shows a week because there's just so much to talk about in the NFL. And so we're going to do a show. We're going to record it on Monday and likely release it on either later Monday or early on Tuesday. And that's just going to be what happened the week prior, what happened during the Sunday games, what happened during the Thursday night game, and also a preview for Monday night football. 
And that will be both Connor and I. You'll get moving the chains, and you also get a recap of the entire week. Then on Thursday, I think we agreed, Connor is going to be riding solo with likely different guests throughout the season. Uh, anything, you know, any, anybody from a an, an, uh, fantasy expert to somebody who knows about um, sports betting to just, you know, somebody at NBC Washington or NBC Bob, whoever it may be. Um, and they'll chat about the the week coming up and kind of preview the the Thursday night game coming up and the Sunday and also the Monday games. Um, so that'll be kind of very in-depth um, NFL stuff, whereas the Monday one will be kind of be more similar to what we're doing right now. So if you really love really good guests who know a lot about what they're talking about, a lot about the NFL, definitely the Thursday one is perfect for you. If you love us just talking about random things and and also talking about the nfl too then the monday one's perfect but i think it's going to be a really good combination of the shows and i think it's going to work out good we'll spread the podcast out um throughout the week so that uh you really shouldn't go more than three or four days without an after further review episodes we're really looking forward to that and uh so i'll be here with you guys monday with connor and then connor will be here with a guest on uh thursdays yeah i think that's an awesome uh layout and and like i said i think you know, for me, I the way that I try to do this show is the way that I would like to receive a show. You know, usually mm-hmm. how, how I am during the NFL season is it's, um, you know, I mean, Grant Paulson, was he, he's always been one of my favorite guys because, I mean, he's on the radio every day. So I'm always getting his fresh takes on things. And um, I know podcasts that do episodes, you know once a week i know them i know podcasts that do episodes you'll bi-weekly um you know twice a month um but during the nfl season i want to make sure you guys are up to date on what you need so that monday mm-hmm. you know that tuesday episode that you get that's going to be a recap it's going to go through everything you need to know it's going to uh recap on what happened and kind of the latest news and notes and then that thursday episode um i believe we'll do that on thursday um record on wednesday we're going to get that out as a preview episode. You're, you're going to know all the matchups. You're going to know the, the latest news, um, what to, what not to do. I'll give you some fantasy advice. I'll give you um, what I know, what, what you know to do, what guys to bench, what guys not to bench. We're going to go through you know week-by-week week matchups, um, best matchups. I'll try to get a couple guys on to do some game picks for us. So a whole bunch of stuff, and we're going to try to corral them in um, and really um, make it fun for you guys. Uh, but like I said, it's just – I would rather us put out more content than you all can consume than you all looking for more stuff. We're just not giving it to you. So um, yeah. I'd just rather it be that way. And I, I'm really, really excited. To do it. I mean, the NFL season is my favorite time of year. I was out to lunch today with my mom and I'm just like looking at her and I just, she just sees in my face like, mom, like, I don't think you understand the NFL season is my favorite. It's just the best thing that's ever happened to me. So um, I'm just so excited about it. And yeah, Shawnee, I think it's going to be a, a great layout and, you know, we'll still do a moving the chains on the Monday, but you know that Wednesday episode, we'll just dive deeper into uh, dive deeper into football stuff. And like I said, I'll get some guests on, we'll get some co-hosts on, and um, we'll just have a really good time with it. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be really good. So I, I got to run, man. Um, right I hope on. You enjoyed my my moving the chains. Hope you guys did as well. And I will see everybody next week. It's awesome, Shani. Thank you so much, my friend. I do All appreciate right, thanks, it. We'll see you next week. And I'm gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to jump right into the latest around the NFL. You're listening to After Further Review. Well, 
Welcome back, everybody. After further review, I am pleased to be joined by myself. That's right. It is just me riding solo. Shawnee has picked up his stuff. He has grabbed his knapsack. He's boarded his donkey, given that a little slap on the rump, and he is out of here. So I'm going to take us the distance. I will be that shepherd for our flock. It, it doesn't matter if the assistant shepherd, you know, maybe the, the producer shepherd has left. Don't worry. I got my staff. Y'all are behind me. We're going to march up this mountain. Any wolves come at you? I'm going to bury Bond, swing them in the face. Don't worry. I'm going to take care of you guys. So let's jump right in to our Around the NFL segment. So this Around the NFL segment, this is not going to be a three-course meal, okay? This is not your Golden Corral, sit-down, buffet, six plates. This is this is going to be a nice little Andy's Mint, you know? It's going to be your two-for-three McDouble situation. This is your $5 fill-up. We're going to go around the NFL. We're going to touch up on the news and notes you need to know on as we march right into the preseason. First of all, a couple things to get uh, get out of the way. Hall of Fame game has come and gone. Now, first of all, the funny thing about the Hall of Fame game is that this happens every single year. Every single year for you people. I don't know what the matter is with you, you people. I'm talking to you, Twitter. I'm talking to you, social media. The Hall of Fame game is fantastic. It is the kickoff of our NFL season. It's the start of the preseason. It's the start of actual pads and helmets on and dudes out there fighting for jobs. It's so much fun. I love it. I've always loved it. I will always love it. I always cheer it. I'm so excited for it every single year. But this is what happens with you people. Here's how this goes. The week leading up, the seven days to the Hall of Fame game. Five days to the Hall of Fame game. 48 hours until the NFL season starts, and everybody's counting it up. Ah, we're going to Papa John's. Ah, we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings. Ah, we're getting a party together watching the Hall of Fame game. And then the second the game starts, it's just bitching and moaning about how bad of a game it is. Man, could they check down anymore? Ah, this game is so boring. Ah, these third stringers are terrible. Make up your mind, please. Is this just the world we live in? We complain about just about everything. We complain football's not here, and then football arrives, and the Hall of Fame game has been the same thing for 20 years. It's the same thing. It's third stringers. You just see the starting guys in their T-shirts with their arms crossed, with a little earpiece in their in their ear, talking to Michelle Tafoya, talking to you know Aaron Andrews, talking to the guys in the booth. That's what it is. But you know what it is? It's fun. And most importantly... It's football, okay? Football was played. The Hall of Fame game has come and gone. I don't even know what the score was. I don't even care. I know the Steelers won. I know both teams look terrible. But do you know what it honestly was? It was so much fun. First of all, it's young guys going out there competing. Well, as much of us, we just, we're not interested in that. It's young NFL players going out there and earning a job. It's a 10. I love it. It was so much fun. The sound of the whistles... Seeing people back in the stands again, seeing people cheering, it was just so, so much fun. So, five stars. Football's back, baby, and so are we. So, as we head into training camp, as we head through training camp now, as we're, we're kind of on the back nine, as we head into the preseason coming up, let's jump around the league, shall we? We're going to go around the league. We're going to touch up on a couple things that I think were pretty interesting. Uh, and like I said, this is not your massive 
you know, this is this is not going to fill you up, but this is just going to give you little tidbits to go around, and you can take some of this information, random stuff, tell your friends, and you can act like you really know football. This is what I do. So you can just, I'm, I'm going to give you the secret card. I'm going to give you these little these spark notes, and you're going to walk around, you're going to start telling people about this stuff, and they're going to really think you know what you're talking about. But this is just, this is how it's done, right? You don't read the book, you spark notes it. This is what we're going to do. So let's jump around the league, shall we? Let's do that. It's time to jump around the league, so let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. Let's start there. Hey, A.J. Green, he's looking good. Peter Schrager from NFL Network is reporting that the former Bengals wideout, quote, looks incredible out there. So he signed a one-year, $6 million deal with the Cardinals back in March. He spent the first 10 years of his career, obviously, in Cincinnati, second in Bengals history in multiple receiving categories, receptions, yards, touchdowns, you name it. Uh, he's almost He was almost at 10,000 yards receiving. Uh, over about 650 receptions, 65 touchdowns. So nothing but productive uh, until his kind of final years where he was just obviously his age was catching up and just injuries were just refusing to let him do his job properly. Um, but that's just what happens there. But I always like the ad. It's a good veteran ad. It's a one-year deal. It's a fun offense to watch. Is he a late-round fantasy sleeper? That's my question. Let's keep tabs on that. Let's head to Atlanta. The Falcons, two guys who continue to show up on my Twitter feed. They just will not go away. It's Kyle Pitts. It's Calvin Ridley. So Ridley, I didn't quite realize this. Now, I didn't have him on my fantasy team last year. So more times than not, our fantasy rosters are the ones that give us the updated information with these guys around the league. You kind of know the receptions. You know the numbers. I didn't realize Ridley posted over 1,300 receiving yards. He was insanely productive last year. What is he on pace for this year? With Julio gone. Now he's in Tennessee. Do you think this hurts or helps his production? You know, bracket coverages, one-on-one. What do you think? I think he's posed for another really, really big year. I think he's going to be a top five producing wideout in terms of receptions and receiving yards. Um, When he's healthy, he is absolutely ridiculous. And Kyle Pitts, do you think he kind of takes that role, that big target role that Julio Jones leaves behind? Or... What, what kind of role does he have? I mean, you're just seeing his catches. You're seeing his athleticism. You're seeing his size. I mean, as a young guy, as a rookie, and he's just posting up veterans uh, at training camp. So, so much fun to watch. Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, those two dudes lighting it up in Atlanta. Calvin Ridley's going to have a really, really good year. You can mark my words. And honestly, if he doesn't, I'll eat crow. I don't care. Happy to do that. I do it all the time. Baltimore. Let's set up uh, 495 here uh, to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore signed Justin Houston to a one-year deal worth up to $4 million. He reportedly took less money to join the Ravens. Um, I think that's a nice little veteran ad for a team. And a defense that really needs edge rushers. This is one thing that they have really, really struggled with. I think that they're going to really use the veteran presence of Justin Houston there. And Look, if he has some good production left in him, great. If not, if he can help groom some younger guys that they're trying to uh, improve on that defensive end uh, line, on the, on the front seven. Why not give it a shot? It's a one-year deal worth up to four mil. You're not really paying much anyway, uh, so take it. Lamar Jackson landed himself on the COVID list again, but he does return back to camp this week, so that's going to be a nice little ad. Although he was in the news for all sorts of reasons, he's now contracted COVID twice. Apparently, he has contracted it twice and had some bad side effects, according to himself. So uh, hopefully, that's the last that he has to deal with that because anybody leaving, look, the, the vaccine is out, and whether these guys get it 
or not. It sucks watching now how the everyone in the media are just so concerned about who it's just a mess. It's a mess situation and this is the problem with now that the vaccine's out and some of these guys choosing AK Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson choosing not to get the vaccine. That's fine. That is their personal decision, but when you start getting into the issues of now you've contracted COVID and you're out for 2 weeks, is training camp the last time we see this happen or are you going to see more veteran guys who are not vaccinated and missing time and legitimately hurting their team because if there's a room like for say the receiver room or the or quarterbacks room like you saw in, in, in Minnesota one of them contracts COVID all of a sudden all of your quarterbacks are out of the roster like you saw last year in Denver with Drew Locke now you're trying to start a game with a receiver QB and that's that is not the recipe for winning so it's going to be fun to see how – well, not fun, actually. It's not going to be fun at all. It's going to be interesting to see how this ends up playing out. But hopefully Lamar Jackson, he's back, he's healthy, he's good to go. Hopefully those antibodies kick in and we don't have to worry about seeing him on the COVID list for the third time. Let's head up to Buffalo. Josh Allen is now a very wealthy man. Allen and the Bills agree to a six-year contract extension. The team announced Friday. The deal tops out at $258 million with $150 million guaranteed 150 guaranteed just for putting your pen on paper. I mean, you understand that that guy could just do a little strike in a check and then just change his name, move to Tahiti, and literally just never talk to anyone again, and he would be just fine. And also, his kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids will be fine as well. But that's according to a source who told ESPN's Adam Schefter. My question about this, look, some people will reach out saying, hey, is this a good deal? Is this too much? Look, you can't let Josh Allen hit the free agent market. You just can't. You're going to get outbid. You're going to have teams backing up the Brinks truck. But something that Grant Paulson said on his show a couple days ago when I was just listening, and he said it, and I thought it was really, really true. Here's a question to ponder. When does this stop? You know, you saw the big, gigantic truck get backed up for Pat Mahomes. Now, he signed a deal that I thought was not player-friendly. I don't know why anyone would sign that deal. But a six-year contract over $250 million. You're talking almost half a bill by the time all is said and done if that contract plays out completely for Patrick Mahomes. We're only five or six years removed from talking about whether a guy was worth $20 million a year. And these contracts have literally, not figuratively, literally doubled. You wonder when it stops. You wonder what the, the, the stopping point is. Now, what I mean by that is, are teams going to start pulling out five, six hundred, seven hundred million dollar deals? No, because they don't have that money. So, when is that line? When is the ceiling hit there? Because eventually, one way or another, whether it's a rookie coming into the league now, whether it's a future rookie, whether it's a veteran now, teams are going to eventually stop and say, this is too much. When are they going to say, hey, that is a massive chunk of our cap. I'm very much not interested in paying half a billion dollars to a player. I'm very much not interested in paying almost $50 million a year for a player. I wonder what that line is. So that is something, to, and I don't know the answer to that. I would love to know the answer to that, but I don't know. What is that line? When is that going to stop? Either way. Josh Allen's not concerned because he just signed a $258 million deal. He'll be there for six years. It's a great deal for the Bills. You got to lock that up, right? You got to lock it up. The first two years of Josh Allen's career just seemed as if, wait, where was this going? You saw potential. You saw athleticism. Something clicked last year where he went from 
a potential playmaker, a guy who you could build your team around, to a literal all-star, to a perennial all-pro top five QB in the league kind of guy. And if he's able to continue at the pace that he was building off last year, this contract will be more than worth it. But it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to be I'm, I'm really going to I'm really going to be interested to see this because Grant brought that up. I thought it was really interesting. When is it going to stop? We'll keep tabs on that for sure. Up in Buffalo as well. Ownership group has reportedly threatened to move the bills to wait for this Austin, Texas, because Texas doesn't have enough teams like New York, like California. We just we don't have enough teams. We need more teams now. This was a threat that was made by ownership group that was reportedly looking to renegotiate a new stadium deal in Buffalo. Um, it's not happening. Okay, it's not happening. I saw the story. People are sending it to me. It doesn't. It, this is not happening. But this is a classic negotiation with empty threats to get taxpayer money into the pockets of owners who just want these new state-of-the-art stadiums with the lowest bill possible. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is these fan bases are held hostage. Because if you just go back into history, if some of you remember, some of you might be too young to remember, Los Angeles, before the Chargers and before the Rams were back in L.A., Los Angeles had always, always been home to the idea that somebody was going to move to L.A. Was it Jacksonville? There were reports of maybe Jacksonville. They're, they're losing traction. Maybe they moved to L.A. Then it was, you know, you get the Rams back to L.A. St. Louis gets screwed. Uh, and the Chargers move up to L.A. San Diego gets screwed. So now you got two teams in L.A. I don't know quite why they did that. But regardless, after L.A. was filled, then it was Vegas. Then it was Vegas. It was, oh, Vegas has got to get a team, right? I mean, they got the hockey team. They're going to eventually get a baseball team. And, you know, they're, they got to get a football team here, right? It's just how it has to work. That was the flavor of the month then. And then just like that, the Raiders out of Oakland right into Vegas. Oakland gets screwed. Now the flavor of the month seems to be Austin, right? It's Elon Musk. It's Joe Rogan moving to Austin, Texas. It's for some reason, we're obsessed with Austin, Texas. Don't know why. Not quite sure. I love the Lone Star State. Don't get me wrong. Love everything about it except the Dallas Cowboys. Really do. Not sure what the obsession is. Could be the tax situation. I don't know. But regardless, Bill's ownership is clearly floating these stories out for negotiation tactics. Look, Buffalo, football means way too much in Buffalo for any of this nonsense to hold any sort of water. Buffalo Mafia, Bills Mafia, they're an unbelievable fan base. So passionate, so excited. They deserve much better than for this story to be floating around. But look, I'm going to cut to the chase. They're not moving to Austin, Texas. They're going to eventually get some sort of stadium deal. The city and the state are going to pay way too much money to keep them there. But that's just how the situation is going to end up working. So for you Buffalo Bills fans that might have gone into anaphylactic shock, don't worry. They're staying in Buffalo. Mark my words. Carolina. Let's head right on down to uh, the land of the pines, right? This is pretty crazy story out of Carolina, actually. Carolina Panthers waived reserve safety JT eBay shortly after he delivered an illegal hit to teammate Keith Kirkwood's head that sent him to the hospital in an ambulance during a training camp practice last Tuesday morning, the team announced. Head coach Matt Rule called eBay's hit one, uh, the one in which the rookie sent South Carolina. Excuse me. I can't read. I don't know what is going on with me right now. Head coach Matt Rule called eBay's hit, one of which the rookie out of South Carolina led with his shoulder and helmet into Kirkwood's helmet, quote, completely unacceptable and not what we'll do. So he gets waived, but I think a lot of people were sitting there going, 
how I can't believe a guy ends up getting cut because he made an illegal hit. How does this happen? This is crazy. What's going on here? Guys are losing jobs for hits. Let me just let me just fill you in real quick. If this was Jamal Adams who made that hit, if this was Jabril Peppers who made that hit, you know, if this was Derwin James who made that hit, I can assure you they would not be waived. <laughs> just there's no way they'd be waived. But this is clearly to send a message. Look, the days of the, and as much as I grew up on them, I grew up on it. As much as the days of the Sean Taylor lighting up dudes and Brian Dawkins head hunting and these guys just absolutely demolishing people in practice and not in practice. I mean, you can ask Grant Paulson. He says stories all the time. I mean, even just when he was covering on the beat in 2010. Um, and he had been in the building for years previous. But, I mean, he would see light-up shots in, uh, in in training camp, and that would happen on occasion. Now, were they encouraged? No, they were not encouraged, very obviously. But this is very clearly now something that as player contracts get bigger, as the importance of forming a roster in training camp, as that becomes more vital, these guys, and, and as the Players Association and the player agreements with the league – they're just you get less padded practices, you get less contact throughout the year. And so it's to protect these guys' bodies. So when it comes to this kind of stuff, you can clearly tell that if a guy on the edge of the roster is probably not going to make it uh, and he decides to take a cheap shot or he decides to take a shot that is deemed completely unnecessary and they're trying to get out of the game, I can assure you that the team is going to be comfortable cutting him and sending a message. So that's, I think, what happened in Carolina, but quite a wild uh, story out of Carolina for sure. Let's head up to Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb. He's not planning on leaving the organization anytime soon. Chubb, he played four seasons of college football, University of Georgia. He signed a contract extension with the Browns, signed a three-year extension worth $36.6 million on July 31st. More than half of his contract is going to be fully guaranteed. That'll put it around $20 million fully guaranteed. Big deal there for Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is an absolute bowling ball. I love his running style. Just keeps his feet moving. It keeps his legs churning. Super, super strong guy. And by the way, fantasy stud. Just so you guys are aware. Stud. Uh, that guy's a first-round pick without a doubt. Um, so if he can stay healthy. And again, him with Kareem Hunt. That one-two punch up in Cleveland. I mean, that's, that's about as good as you're going to want to get it. So the Browns locked up their man out of Georgia uh, for another three years. Let's head back down to the Lone Star State. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott has, quote, taken a step back in his return from a shoulder strain, Coach Mike McCarthy said. Uh, he's being, apparently they're being more conservative at the timetable. He didn't even travel to the Hall of Fame game. Um, the team is trying to avoid it becoming something bigger. This is a story to watch. This is a story to watch. Now, a lot of people are going to act like this does not matter. They're going to act like, wait a second, what are you talking about? Who cares? It's not a big deal. He'll get out there as long as he's healthy for week one. Missing reps and not even throwing is a problem. And this could be apparently, and I saw on Twitter, I don't know who tweeted this, but somebody was comparing it to a baseball injury where it could be a tendon situation. It could be a nerve situation. I don't know. It's a, It says it's a shoulder strain. That's what they reported it as. But to not be throwing the ball during training camp, A, your receivers are not getting proper reps. B, you're not getting, again, getting more comfortable with these receivers as they're trying to develop relationships with you, 
relationships with the offensive line as well. I mean, there's there's a big domino effect when your starting quarterback is out. We'll get to that a little later on with Minnesota, but there's a big domino effect, especially in training camp when these young guys, you're trying to gel with them, and you're not out. And most importantly, you're not even throwing the football. So it's going to be very interesting to see. If he's good to go for week one, keep tabs on it. But this could be a problem for Dallas. And you saw during the Hall of Fame game that whatever they got going on behind Dak is just not going to cut it. You saw it last year. You saw it during the Hall of Fame game. It's not going to do it. So that's going to be a story to watch for sure. Dak Prescott taking a step back. They're trying to be more conservative with the timetable. Don't even know what that means. But them trying to avoid it becoming, quote, something bigger is something to watch. So that's a big story out of Dallas. Out in Denver, QB competition is hot. Reports out of the Mile High City have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke in a really, really tight race. Bridgewater reportedly had been struggling at times. Um, now, I could have told you this before this started. I just didn't, I wasn't quite sure what the, why they thought drafting Teddy Bridgewater, or not drafting, excuse me, uh, bringing in Teddy Bridgewater and competing with Drew Locke. Clearly, Drew Locke struggled last year a lot, but reports out of Denver are showing that Locke is going to have to take some really, really big steps forward this year if they're going to have a chance because he really hasn't pulled away from the QB competition. And that's something really to look for because, again, Denver chose not to take Justin Fields. You choose, I think they might have been, and this is based on just reports, and this is honestly my own speculation, you really start to wonder if they were hoping the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes would play out in their favor and that John Elway would go back up the Brinks truck for him. But that's just not what happened. So now you're stuck with Teddy Bridgewater. You got Drew Locke in there. What's it going to look like? I don't know. But he's look, the reality is Drew Locke will have to take a massive step forward if he wants this year in Denver to be anything different than what it was last year. And the Broncos need it just as much as Drew Locke does. That's going to be interesting. Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers. He's back. He's back with the team. He reportedly has verbally agreed. Apparently, there was a a verbal agreement to trade him if he requests it at the end of the year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers returned. He gave a nice little press conference. He set fire to everybody and everything in the front office. Uh, He brought up former teammates. He brought up former experiences. I mean, it was an absolute tongue lashing from Aaron Rodgers. But look, I think everyone at the end of the day, this Aaron Rodgers situation, I think everyone's a loser. I think everyone's a loser. I don't think anyone comes out on top here. I think Aaron Rodgers came across as petty. I think the press conference was childish. I know a lot of people thought that it was great to see a guy speak his mind. It was great to see a professional athlete go out there and not be afraid to give his true opinion. But it's childish. I thought it was childish. That's not what professionals do. In my eyes, you're under contract. And whether you're upset with somebody or not, going out into the media, going out to social media, going out in front of the press, and giving it you know, laying it all out there, that's not the professional thing to do. To be honest with you, it's handle it in-house. Figure it out in-house. This off-season leaking reports, leaking this, I don't want to show up here, but I'll show up at the Derby and do a weird interview with Mike Tirico, but I'll sit here and I'll go off with, you know, my fiance and do all sorts of... It's just weird. It, It was weird, honestly. And it was unprofessional to me. Now the Packers are losers too, okay? Clearly they've botched the situation from the start. Their recent draft history has been embarrassing. They've clearly, and if the reports are true, which I believe they are true, there's been multiple reports coming out that they didn't even consult Aaron Rodgers on the draft selection of Drew, uh, excuse me, of Jordan Love. That's a problem. <laughs> You've set yourself up for this. But I think everyone's a loser. I know Aaron Rodgers came back and said this is not about money. Newsflash, got some breaking news for you. You ready for this? It is about money. 
And everyone was talking about, this isn't about money. This is about the fact that I want to say, and this is a fact that I feel disrespected. And while both of those things might be true, let's be absolutely clear with ourselves here. This was about money. This has always been about money. And also, just so everyone's aware here, everything in the NFL is about money. There is no situation that cannot be tied over with a new contract that a guy feels like he's compensated properly. And the reality is, is if Aaron Rodgers felt that he could sit out this year and not lose tens of millions of dollars, he'd have done that. But he realized that the Packers had every bit of leverage in the negotiation because they have a contract and they control his rights. So him coming back this year, coming to a, quote, verbal agreement, he'll ride out the ship for one more year and... I think next year he will be in another jersey. Unless something crazy happens this year, unless a big, giant kumbaya and everyone's holding hands and they're all, you know, sound of music hopping, frolicking through a field if they make an NFC Championship appearance or a Super Bowl appearance. Maybe it changes. I don't know. Who knows? But that's going to be a situation to watch for sure. But Aaron Rodgers is back. So all of you uh, Packers fans who are worried about the situation of well, how many win, you know, games are going to win, all the Vegas odds going oh, how over under for the Packers, relax. Rodgers is back. They'll be okay. They'll be just fine. Let's head down to Houston. Deshaun Watson. This situation is so ridiculous. It's such a joke, and it just seems to be getting dumber and dumber by the day. Deshaun Watson returned out of nowhere for training camp. Uh, he showed up. It was really awkward. He played a little bit. Nobody knew what the heck was going on. The investigations are still going on. Are they civil? Are they criminal? No one really knows. I, no one knows what stage the NFL's review on this situation is. He's not on an exempt list. He was allowed to be in the building. It, it, this whole situation is a joke. It's a joke. And unfortunately, this has been mismanaged from every single angle. There's no two ways around it. Look, the Texans have mishandled this. It's 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 wild. It's, when we started this podcast, it was Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. What's going to be the asking price? How much is he going to get? Sudden, it's a woman at a salon. It's five women at salons. It's 22 women now, and we are sitting here. It is August, and we have no idea what the hell is going on because he's not on an exempt list. He's still able to practice. He went from, I hate you, Houston. I don't want to show up in your building again to, oh, my God, please play me immediately. And all the while, reports are coming out that the Eagles are trying to trade for him. What the hell is going on? Stop. Everyone stop. This is so stupid. Stop. This is immediately everyone take an L. Everyone gets a personal foul. Go home. Take your basketballs and go home. This is ridiculous. No. You can't. How can you possibly trade Deshaun Watson at this point? How on earth could you possibly trade somebody with this kind of baggage going on where you don't know if what he's doing, what he has done is... Is it a civil offense? Is it something he can settle outside of court? Is this guy facing actual prison time? I don't know. I don't know. It's a wild, wild story. And again, we're talking about the Eagles as a trade. How on earth could you possibly trade this guy? That's just my question. That is my question. I don't have any answers. Because from the start, this whole thing came out. He didn't go on a commissioner exempt list. He didn't go onto any sort of hiatus. The team didn't suspend him. He's just existing. And he has gone from, I don't want anything to do with you, to, oh, my God, please play me. I want a job. And Houston, I, I don't know what Houston are doing. 
I don't know what Houston doing. But this situation is just getting ridiculous at this point. And it's, again, we're heading into preseason week one, and the Texans have no idea what to do with clearly, and again, even with this situation, one of the best quarterbacks in football, who now we have no idea if this guy will play in Houston again, if he'll play for the Eagles, if he'll play in the league again. No one knows. No one knows. And we're all just sitting around staring at each other, wondering what the next thing to happen is. I think the NFL and the Texans were hoping the situation by this point would have either rectified itself in court, outside of court, or people would just forget about it. Because when he shows up to training camp and there's just this awkward staring session and now everyone is sitting there going, wait, what do we do with him? Does he play? Does he not play? It's just getting ridiculous. So Houston, that situation is and has been ugly, and it's just getting stupider. At this point, it's already ugly. People say, oh, it's getting uglier. It's not getting uglier. It's getting stupider. It's getting dumber. I'm becoming stupider reading this story. You all are becoming stupider reading this story. This story makes us all dumber, and it makes humanity worse. So I apologize for even bringing up this stupid topic. Anyway, let's head down to Indianapolis, shall we? Because while Indianapolis do have a starting quarterback, the problem, however, is... He doesn't have a foot. Now, Carson Wentz has been a guy that I was so excited from the start. When he was traded to the Colts and he teams back up with Frank Reich, I was so pumped to see how this would play out. Now, look, he's never played a full 16-game season. He can't stay healthy. He's never been able to stay healthy. And his regression in Philadelphia was so aggressive that it just made it clear on both sides that either A, he can't do this anymore, or B, he just needs to change scenery. And I think most of us were hoping a change of scenery would do the trick. So that's what he got. And who better than to team up with his old buddy Frank Reich from the Super Bowl run? Why not? You get healthy. You get some tools. That defense is an all-pro caliber defense. You get Darius Leonard on a contract extension. I mean, it seems as if the missing puzzle piece in Indianapolis was that quarterback spot. And kicking the tires on Carson Wentz felt like, listen, you trade for him. Let's see what we can get out of him. The health issues continue. The health saga continues with Carson Wentz, and it's such a bummer because I was really hoping that it would just kind of go away and he could start fresh again. But Indianapolis coach Frank Reich said Monday that the quarterback, Carson Wentz, would have surgery to repair a broken bone in his foot. The initial time tame, uh, excuse me, time tame, that's a word, I'm sure. The initial time frame for recovery is a window between 5 to 12 weeks. It's just a huge range. I mean, you could have him back at the start of the regular season or out until late October. So you choose. You know, it's a bummer because it, it feels like a huge step back. And obviously, this was uh, reportedly an injury that was over time, something that was a crossroad that he knew he would eventually have to come to. And uh, whatever flare up or whatever injury he might have had during camp had made that crossroads come sooner than later. So. Look, hopefully he's back, and hopefully he can get back into the swing of things. But for the Colts, that's that's a huge loss. And it really changes the trajectory of what they were hoping to do this season. Without a doubt, it now makes the Tennessee Titans the division favorites there. I mean, it has to. It absolutely has to. Because without Carson Wentz now, you're kind of a little bit of a rudderless ship on offense. And you're just hoping that when he comes back, he's able to kind of pick up where he left off. On the offensive side as well, all-pro offensive guard Quentin Nelson – He had surgery on the exact 
same issue, and both were given a recovery timeline of 5 to 12 weeks. The latter has not missed a game in his three NFL seasons, however, and he doesn't plan for that to change. Apparently, he said that he should be good to go for week one. Wentz is up in the air, and we're just going to have to see how that ends up playing out. The Minnesota Vikings released 2020 first-round cornerback Jeff Gladney while their QB room is caught in a COVID disaster. They will have to go through, again, most of their training camp, Kellen Mond and Kirk Cousins, they returned this week, but they had to sign three random QBs for bodies. A wild time in Minnesota. Again, this is the thing that people don't understand with Look, if your wide receiver catches COVID, if your guard catches COVID, if your cornerback or punter catch COVID, okay, that's a bummer. Your quarterback is the linchpin. Your quarterback is the CEO of your team on the field. You cannot afford to lose your quarterback during training camp. Your receivers get worse reps. Your linemen get worse reps. You're not building rapport with your young receivers. You're not building rapport with your offensive linemen. Your defense is not getting tested properly. Your offensive coordinator cannot instill the playbook the way he wants it. It is a disaster, and I think just looking at Mike Zimmer's face during press conferences, he wants to die. I mean, he's very, very clearly not happy with this situation, and... You know, Kirk Cousins coming up on a, a, a year where his contract, they do have an out next year. You, you just wonder what kind of year Minnesota are into. And if this is the linchpin for them, if this year goes south, do they have to blow it up and start again? I don't know. But it's going to be interesting to see. That COVID situation was brutal for them. And definitely uh, that is a huge step back. New York Giants. Yahoo Sports' Liz Rocher reports the New York Giants had their first day of padded practice on Tuesday, and they took full advantage of the last Tuesday by getting into a wild full-team brawl that made head coach Joe Judge so angry that he ended practice early to punish everybody. So here's what happened according to Liz Rocher. This is again from Yahoo Sports. According to the numerous Giants beat reporters who covered every single second of the incident, just real quick, this was not obviously videotaped. This was during the portion of the practice where media members are not allowed to videotape and again some media members are not even allowed there there's different tiers and times of practices during the season in training camp where it's open to the public and then you have open to the press and then you have non-open to press this is just team situation and this was uh during a portion of the practice that was open to the press but they were not allowed to film uh anything that was going on so this is all it was such a bummer because you're just going through Twitter going, God, please tell me somebody had a video of this. But you just have to go off of what uh, some of the beat reporters who cover all all angles of it were at the scene at the time. So here's what they had to say. Running back Corey Clement, who was brought down hard by Jabril Peppers at the end of a big run. He was knocked down. Evan Ingrams defended his guy and gave Peppers a huge shove. That's what set off Logan Ryan, cornerback who took down Ingram from behind, and that's when the entire team jumped in. Now, some of you might be wondering, where is Daniel Jones during all this? I know that's what you were wondering as you're listening to this. You're going, Connor, where's Daniel Jones? Well, he was at the bottom of this pile, and considering his 45 sacks last season, that seems to be a talent of his. He just knows how to get to the bottom of a pile. Having a guy in a big red don't-touch-me jersey at the bottom of a pile of angry, jacked football players in hot weather sounds like 
every single thing you don't want. So that was a complete nightmare out of New York. And Joe Judge was very clearly not happening. He gave the old Herb Brooks again, again speech as they were running gassers up and down the field. That was quite the story to read. Also, Saquon Barkley did return to practice for the Giants. He's expected to be a full go for week one. But that is a huge development for the Giants who were worried there that Saquon was uh, going to miss some time. And by time, I mean regular season time. So hopefully him coming back healthy, he'll be able to ease his way into a full workload for week one. The Eagles, rookie wide receiver Devontae Smith, he's expected to miss two or three weeks of the sprained MCL, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Smith underwent an MRI last Sunday that revealed the knee injury. The Eagles are not expressing much concern about Smith, who's listed as week-to-week. Um, but pointing his absence from practice, they, they said that was precautionary. But the injury apparently occurred during a practice Saturday night. This is according to ESPN. When Smith lunged toward the ground to try to haul in a low pass from quarterback Jalen Hurts, Smith walked with a slight limp after being helped off the ground by some teammates, and there was an observer um, there. He became an observer for the rest of practice. So the biggest question with Devontae Smith, why did he fall? Like he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He was supposedly the best receiver uh, in college football last year. Why? Why did he fall to the Eagles there at 12? Why, why was that the case? The answer to me is simply his frame, his size, his weight is, I mean, I don't think it's conducive to being healthy in the NFL. I don't think it's conducive to him being able to play 16 games per season. And look, people can say he did it in college. People can say he didn't really have these issues in college. This is not college. This is the NFL. Uh, And, you know, when you're starting out your first training camp with a sprained MCL, which is a big deal, that is a big deal. Uh, That is not comfortable at all and does take time to heal. We're going to have to see how this plays out. Devontae Smith is an unbelievable talent, but if this guy is going to survive a full-fledged NFL career and survive a 16-game season nonetheless, he's going to have to put on some meat. He's going to have to put on some weight. He's going to have to learn to take a couple hits. Um, And hopefully, yeah, he'll be back out there for the Eagles, but he's expecting to miss two to three weeks. And finally, Tom Brady last week turned 44. 44. Last year, he threw 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You know, like the rest of the 44-year-olds, you know. Oh, also, he won a Super Bowl. So, just want to make sure that's uh, that's something we uh, we point out. Wild. Happy birthday, Tom. Hope it was special, my friend. And um, hopefully you have a couple more years of throwing Lombardi trophies around Tampa Bay. That'd be fun, from boat to boat. God, how much fun was that? I just wanted to be there so bad. First of all, Florida's amazing. Second of all, Tampa Bay is awesome. And third, throwing Lombardi trophies from boat to boat. I mean, for the love of God, where do I sign up? Just take my credit card information, take my routing number, charge me whatever you want. I don't care. Well, there you have it. That is your Around the NFL Lunchable. You got your Andy's Mint. You got your Lunchable. You got your Capri Sun. It's just enough to tie you through to dinner, right? That's exactly right. Again, thank you to Sean Olette, our executive producer, for joining us for Moving the Chains. Always appreciate him being a part of the show. And again, just a reminder, for any of you who want to become supporters of the podcast, we posted the link on Facebook. I posted the link on Instagram as well. Uh, give us a follow. Again, just continue to do the basics, right? This is, this is the basics that you can do for me. I'm going to try to provide you subpar content. And what you can do for me is just give us that five-star rating. Give us that, hit that subscribe button. If you'd like to support us, go on to Anchor FM. You can subscribe for a supporter. Uh, we appreciate that as always. Tell a friend, share it, 
we just appreciate it so much because this is so much fun because the NFL season again is knocking right at the door and we're going to be churning out content. So make sure you're on your toes. We've got fantasy football episodes. We've got training camp recap episodes. We've got preseason recap episodes. And week one is just a couple weeks away. I mean, we got hard knocks starting up later as well. So, so much to get to, so much to talk about. We're going to have everything you need, and you're going to find it here on After Further Review. But we appreciate you guys. This episode is in the books. And as always, I will catch you guys on the other side.